Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday, May the 3rd. I hope you are all doing well this beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, we are coming at you live from the traditional territory of the Ta'an Kwach'un and Kwanlin Dun. Uh, welcome to the first ever Coffee with Kluwani show. I know that there are people joining from communities across the Yukon, people who are joining live stream across the country, and we're so, so excited to have you join for our very first show. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the show. So again, new show with Shown FM, the beat of a different drummer. This show is about bringing together inspiration, leadership, building connections, sharing stories, and more. Today, uh, you have the opportunity to win a beautiful gift basket from Be North. And so you can phone in directly at 867-668-6629. This is your opportunity to share your name and, of course, to be entered into the draw to win the Kluwani Sunrise Coffee Gift Basket. So today, we are so excited to have the first ever Yukon University Indigenous Governance graduates. Yes, I said it. First ever. So this graduating class celebrates students and we are going to hear from Colson Ford, Cynthia James and Victoria Holmes. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing their perspectives, experiences, and we will have a special guest phoning in to wish our graduates a congratulations. So stay tuned. Lastly, uh, those of you who are joining, I wanted to share a little bit about my mug this morning. Uh, I am drinking from my coffee, uh, my coffee bee mug. So uh, random fact, things to learn about me on the show. Uh, my uh, great grandfather was a beekeeper. And so uh, certainly my mom has, you know, all the bee things uh, in her house. And so this morning I'm, I'm using my bee mug. Uh, it's super cute. It's yellow uh, honeycombs on there. But we encourage you to take a picture of the coffee mug that you're using. Uh, to tell us a little bit about your mug. What's your mug experience? Uh, and what kind of coffee are you drinking today? Uh, and to share that uh, and tag hashtag coffee with Kluani. So you can do that on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, and uh, other social media channels as well. So with that, we're going to get into our first tune. I'm so excited. Uh, Diet from Kluwani First Nation. Uh, you may have heard that as the intro song. Shout out to Diet. We're so excited to use this song. This is one of my favorite songs. Um, it's the Breaking Point. And uh, Diet, I, I want to give you a special shout out. Um, always, you know, putting songs together from your heart and your soul. Uh, and uh, for those of you who may not know Diet, Diet and the Love Soldiers, you can check her out. Uh, she, this is what from one of her earlier albums, uh, and I really love this song because I feel like it, it, it in itself tells a story. And so that's what it is that we're really seeking to do on our show together is to tell stories. Stories over coffee, conversation, inspiration, building connections. And so uh, this is the first song of our very first show, and thanks, Diet. Take root and find me 
stream APTN Lumi anytime, anywhere, completely ad-free. There are many alternate worlds. Discover the secret history of the Wild West. We're all war chiefs because we're a warrior culture. Where the real stories behind legends like Poundmaker and Big Bear are revealed. He was invisible to the enemy. That's the part of the history books that they always leave up. The secret history of the Wild West. Streaming now at aptnlumi.ca. All right. Great first song. Thanks again. And so we're going to jump right in here. Uh, our first uh, join, guest joined um, today, and this is Coulson Ford. Good morning, Coulson. Good morning, Kalani. All right. So Coulson is from Kluwani First Nation uh, and the elected youth council member, which is huge. want to give a huge shout out to Coulson. Um, you can find Coulson, uh, of course, engaged with youth uh, in the Burwash Landing region and beyond. Uh, it's important uh, to Coulson for young people to be provided with opportunities and to learn about governance. And so we're going to jump right in. Coulson, again, as I shared, we are highlighting the first graduating class of the Indigenous Governance Program at UCOM. On you. So Colson, let's talk. Um, you do a lot of work with, of course, um, KFN and other youth, getting them involved in governance. How do you make those connections meaningful ones? I think it's really important to recognize that all our relationships are sacred. And as we interact with each other, we actually learn more about ourselves while we learn more about each other. I really try to focus on long-term relationship building. And I do this to ensure that I honor the youth's perspectives, values, and ideas as they truly guide the vision of our nation and pave a path forward for our people. Perfect. And I, telling us a little bit more um, about, about these connections, you talk about relationships, mm -hmm. right? And so the relationships, of course, that exist in our personal lives, mm -hmm. in our professional lives, in our communities are so important. How do you reach out to young people to engage them in impactful ways and to start to spur these conversations about governance? That's a great question, Kalani. I think what I, I try to do the most and is my favorite thing to do is, is to be flexible, to, to reach out to youth in as many different ways as possible and be receptive to what they're trying to say. I think that we need to begin valuing the time and energy of youth every opportunity that we have. And I'm a, a stern advocate for paying and supporting youth in practical ways, which are oftentimes the most meaningful. So you talk about being flexible. I, Thank, thank you for saying that, especially in this wild COVID wave that we're all on, right, together. And people are impacted in so many different ways uh, here in the Yukon. Uh, and, of course, our hearts go out to all those who uh, are living in urban centers across the country um, who are very, very challenged by um, this, this third wave. We talk about, you talk about flexibility, you talk about relationships. Tell me more about leadership. What does leadership mean to you? Leadership to me means coming together and making the decisions that need to be made for all our people and doing that in a way that represents our values and our ancestors. And I think when we talk about where do young people fit into that, young people have critical perspectives that must be included in all administrative and decision-making processes to the highest degree. And I think that if I could share anything is that it's so deeply rewarding for me to make positive change in my community and have that directly improve the lives of my family and nation. It's so honoring. I love that. And values. Yes. Right? Values totally. are so important. Leading from a place of values. And, you know, so you talk a little bit about that inspiration there. And I'm sensing it's this connection, the relationship. Mm -hmm. These are the things I'm, I'm hearing from you. 
Um, tell me more about the role models, the role models in your life that inspired you to do the work that you're doing and to continue to pursue this path of leadership. Yeah, I, I think uh, when I think of a role model in my life, uh, the only thing that can come to mind is all the influential, powerful women that I have in my life. My mother, my grandmother, my aunties have all shaped the person I am, and they give me the drive to be the change in my community. And I think the, the other thing to note is that, you know, I don't, I don't know anyone else other than Tosh Southwick, Grace Southwick, Mattia Alatini, and Robin Bradish who can represent themselves with the the utmost strength, independence, and intelligence, but they can also conduct themselves with dignity and elegance, even when like wrestling. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so there's there's some stories there yeah. that, that we may not know about, but you know what? This is this is what it's about: having a coffee, sharing stories, and of course, always having a laugh. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about this program. So for you, um, what does it mean? And I know that it can be uncomfortable and isn't really our custom to talk about our own accomplishments. But but what I'm, I'm interested in knowing from you, Colson, is how does it feel? How does it feel to be both part of this program, to, to graduate, mm-hmm. um, but to be part of the first ever UConn University IG program? I think it's so amazing that I get to to really experience the growth of UConn College into UConn University and then really take all the benefits that exist from that transition and then apply it to my personal and professional lives. I think my success in the degree program and my accomplishment of becoming valedictorian are examples of the benefit and potential of using Indigenous methodologies and epistemologies within post-secondary institutions. And I think that the, the main highlight is that our students should be able to excel uninhibited in their educations. And to accomplish this is going to be deeply tied to the decolonization of our institutions across the country. Okay, so wait a minute. So much there to unpack. The first thing I want to say, and I could, I think it's fair for me to say this on behalf of all our listeners, is valedictorian? Yeah. Yes, Coulson. That is amazing. You've got to have a proud mama yes, at home. Yes, mama's very proud. Everyone, I think, is really proud. But I, I think that when we're, we're talking about how we as young indigenous people are going to come in and start the ground start picking up where our parents left off is investing in ourselves through education and i've always been told that if you're going to do something do it right and show the the commitment that you know you can show Um, and i i just always stay true to my values and my experiences and i think that that was the golden ticket what would you tell other young people who are looking at this program and saying, wow, it's new, right? This is obviously first graduating class. It's mm-hmm. a newer program. Yeah. Um, what would you tell students who are kind of thinking about it, who are like, well, I really want to go to UConn U, but I'm not sure. And I'm not sure if, if, if this is what's in my path. Like, what about if I want to work? Like, what would you tell those students who are having some of those thoughts? I would say the biggest thing to consider is that when I enrolled in the Indigenous Governance Degree Program, that the skills and the knowledge I was learning directly tied back to all of my life experiences, the experiences of my ancestors, and really helped me develop a concrete vision for our people moving into the future. And it, it was just as much uh, a, self, uh, a journey of self-discovery, but also getting to a point where now I feel comfortable sharing my own vision um, and I think that that's the key thing is building relationships so you feel like you get to a, a point where you're supported and you can bring the change that you see and you can share that with the people that mean the most to you. 
I love that hashtag change you wish to see, <laughs> right? Um, be that change. You know, Colson, I so appreciate you you spending the time. Um, is there anything you'd like to say to your fellow graduates, the graduating class from UConn University? Of course, um, you know, this is a, a big shift here in the territory, something we're all proud of. Um, what are your final thoughts and reflections to all those graduates? That even though it's a pandemic and this has been the most difficult year of our lives, that we all persevered and made it. And when we look back on this time in our lives, we're going to remember how difficult it was and the skills that we gained. And we also are going to remember that things can change so quickly and that there is such a need to be prepared to have a long term sustainable vision and ensure that no one gets left behind. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, and in terms of reflecting of the values, really, you know, who we are, making sure that nobody is left behind. So um, listeners, um, this was Coulson Ford joining us. Uh, valedictorian. Wow, that's news to me. I'm also so proud of you. Um, and and Coulson shared reflections. You know, the, the big things that stuck out for me were, of course, values, relationships, um, women, mm-hmm. uh, self-discovery, resilience, and change. So thank you so much, Colson, and we're so excited to move uh, to move with you as part of your journey. Um, next up, we're going to have a, a bit of a tune, and I'll tell you more about it when we come back. Uh, and we look forward to welcoming another graduate to uh, to share reflections. Thank you so much, Colson. Thanks, cousin Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't live by the rules Wolves Don't live by the rules Wolves Don't live by the rules Wolves Don't live by the rules Valleys to hills you can hear the cry They have to fight To stay alive No one can change it Mother Nature knows the reason why Oh, wolves Don't live by the rules Don't live by the rules
First Nations community shares their love for commercial fishing. It's part of my life. And their homeland. We have rain, we have cold, but it's still beautiful. Gaspagawagi, the last land. Join the adventure anytime, anywhere, on any device. Streaming now at aptnlumi.ca. I love that song. Um, so that was uh, Alyssa P. Isaac um, with uh, Wolves Don't Live by the Rules. Um, shout out to Alyssa P. Also, um, my very good friend, Chef Regino Picard, um, Giseline Picard, had the opportunity last year um, to, actually two years ago, a pre-COVID world, right, Victoria? Imagine. Um, to, uh, to, to see live Alyssa P. Um, and so that song, I think something about about wolves. Awesome. Um, maybe it's because that's also the moiety I come from. Um, but uh, I really like that song. And, and you can, of course, check out um, Alyssa P., um, who is, uh, of course, uh, from uh, beautiful uh, northern um, Quebec regions. So, uh, Victoria, so, so excited. So for those of you um, who have uh, seen Victoria perhaps around beautiful Trondequichin territory, um, Victoria is, uh, of course, uh, raised in Dawson City uh, and uh, has worked with uh, the THFN uh, Council, which is great. So really that hands-on experience, right, of seeing uh, self-determination, self-government uh, in action. Uh, and so she is so excited to join us today um, and uh, Certainly has, uh, of course, many, many connections uh, in uh, the Trondek region and beyond. So, Victoria, let's talk. Welcome. Hello. I'm so excited to be here right now. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You graduated. I know. I'm very I'm very happy that I do not have to write another essay <laughs> until I choose to, I guess. Right? And is this is kind of that time where you get to just relax a bit before the big day. I get to relax a bit. I... I have a job at a daycare right now, so that's kind of relaxing, I guess, because kids are very fun for me. But uh, yeah, I just jumped right into it after I handed in my last thing. Wow. I Sorry, for those listeners, I love that that is the relaxing thing for you. That is amazing <laughs> because kids, uh, so busy, so fun. Um, but I think that certainly speaks to, to your energy. Um, and uh, and commitment to support those young minds uh, of, uh, of today and tomorrow. So we're going to jump right in to talk about leadership. Cool? Uh, sounds great. All right. So thinking about leadership, um, what is it that people can do to connect with young people and inspire them to get more involved in their communities? So there's a huge discourse around young people and youth having really negative connotations towards them that they don't participate enough, that they often participate in activities that are less than positive and I guess what I'm really getting at here is that there needs to be a huge introduction and utilization of the concept of trust. We really need to start trusting young people to take things over, to take initiative. Um, we need to really exhibit that trust and get, give lots and lots of chances. Um, and another thing we need to do is we need to realize that young people have only lived so long. They don't have as much of a length of life as most adults. And that isn't a bad thing. That's a that's a good thing in many, many ways because they haven't understood the world in a way that offers you the, the answer no. They've only understood it in a way that it offers the answer yes. And um, yeah, we really need to start trusting them and giving them real action on trust. This is, a, this is really important. I'm, I'm happy that um, we're talking about trust because 
you know, it's it's interesting, this whole concept of, you know, trust is earned, right? Or, you know, it, it is trust earned or is it something that happens over time? Um, how, do you, how do you feel about that? I think that trust is definitely to be earned, but I think that a lot of young people have have not given us enough of a reason to not trust them. I think that not trusting them comes with a very old tale of time of youth, very Western perspective of youth, that youth are troublemakers, that they're not helpful, that they don't want to participate. But that really is not true. And um, yeah, I feel as though everybody is deserving of a chance, a full chance to exhibit what they would like to be and what they would like to do. And that really goes along with trust. And that's something that we need to give our young people. You talked about something else um, that's that's really resonating, and I think it's this whole concept of letting people make mistakes, right? So, you know, we're kind of raised in a lot of ways um, by Western, you know, colonial influences that, like, errors are not allowable, errors are not possible. Um, and, and in a lot of our, you know, Indigenous communities, there's certainly a process of, of, of whether it be correcting or, or adding information and and a lot of that comes from elders right story keepers knowledge keepers um but but what are your thoughts on you know if if you're working with a young person or you're interested in working with young people and you see something that might need to be corrected what what do you think is a really good approach right now you know everybody makes mistakes and somebody's mistake shouldn't be weighted more heavily just because they're younger or just because they're less you know qualified on a piece of paper and oftentimes there also needs to be an acknowledgement of perspective that if you see something that needs to be corrected right away, that might not necessarily be the case. It might be okay to let this person sort of experiment with that mistake, see the mistake through to the end, or maybe the thing ends up not being a mistake and maybe it ends up being a new way of doing something. Mm, I love that, the new way, right? And bringing in, uh, you know, the, the teachings that we have, of course, um, from, you know, as, as Northerners, yeah. right? Um, as, as Indigenous peoples, as allies, um, this is all really about, you know, and I think links so well and can tell why you and Colson are such good <laughs> pals, um, the relationship, right? It's yeah. about building a trusting relationship. Exactly. So so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, that trusting relationship that's so needed with this next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be clear, young people have incredibly powerful voices, mm-hmm. right? Like look at the climate strikes. Yeah. Um, look at, you know, Autumn Peltier, um, Indigenous yeah. um, water, um, water keeper and ambassador for, for her nation. Um, how can how can we, um, as those of us who are looking to support young people um, and work with young people, do a better job of meeting young people where they're at? Part of part of relationships is really understanding your own personal inherent responsibility and role on that half of the relationship. Oftentimes, we're very concerned with the other side's role, what they're doing and what they're not doing, and we don't take time to internally reflect on what we're bringing to the table or what we're maybe missing. And um, I think that goes with a lot of leaders. It's very easy to get lost in the Western world with all of the qualifications that you may receive, all of the awards that you may receive, and sort of that praise of moving up in promotions and high companies, getting a lot of money, things like that. Um, but there needs to just be a recognition of where those people are and then where young people are at. So, again, just because a young person doesn't have 
XYZ for qualifications doesn't mean that their perspective is less valuable or maybe that they need a different variable in their perspective to make it more similar to yours. And I guess when it really comes down to meeting young people where they're at, we're really talking about an overarching value of respect and really understanding and respecting where everybody is at and sort of what they can do. So really just acknowledging where a young person is at, what are their passions, and not sort of forcing that dichotomy of good or bad that we've all been raised with onto young people and their passions. You know, if you're interested in engineering, that's great. But if you're interested in art, maybe that's not so great, stuff like that. So I think you bring up some really, um, really, really interesting things here. And I, I, I hope we get to talk a lot more because um, I'm certainly enjoying this and I'm sure the listeners are as well. Um, you talk, and, and you're getting into a bit of the, the conversations about representation. So, um, you know, as women, and we, and we heard from Coulson how important it is, right, that, um, you know, he acknowledged uh, the women in his life. Um, let's talk a bit more about, about women in, uh, in, in leadership in terms of being in, in elected leadership positions. So we're seeing a, a lot more women put their names forward. I want to acknowledge all those who, of course, put their names forward in this, uh, in this recent territorial election, but also um, women and those who identify in, in all of our uh, Yukon First Nation communities. So um, what have you learned, um, you know, growing up here about the Yukon that makes us, uh, that makes us different in terms of the roles of women? Women in the Yukon are inherently trailblazers. I guess a good example would be growing up in Dawson City, there was no women's hockey team um, for young girls. So all of the girls just played on the boys hockey team and that's not bad, that's okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's just changing what we're doing in a different sort of capacity. Um, and I have also learned growing up in the Yukon that um, Women are huge caretakers. Women really take care of the land. They take care of the children. They take care of due processes, um, whether they're in government or not. Um, and they really are advocates for respect and advocates for relationships and the power of respect and relationships as wholes. Love that. Respect and relationships. Um some really great themes, right, that are coming out from these conversations. And and as it links to the degree, um, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit more about about your experience in that program. So um, what is it that drew you to, to the IG program? Why did you say, you know what, I, I'm going to apply and I'm going to keep pushing through this? So growing up in Dawson, growing up in a small community, I'm sure anybody can relate, but when you're about to graduate high school, people are very adamant that you need to leave the territory in order to gain any type of success so I did leave the territory and I did go to University of Victoria for three years with a major in gender studies and a minor in indigenous studies and throughout my indigenous studies courses I was required to take things like history courses and I started to learn this really intricate history in Canada about treaties and indigenous peoples and the positions that indigenous peoples are currently in and the goal forward and what we're doing here and that made me think about my own personal responsibility and what I can do and what power that I have. And the power that I decided that I had was to enroll in this degree program and to get knowledge from, from other people who are educated. I, I've met some great people. I've met Colson Ford, he's my best friend. Um, we've had great conversations. My relationship with him has grown. My relationship with lots of the First Nations communities has grown since I've been in this degree program. And um, yeah, I guess that's what pushed me. Um, in many ways, just the overall arching themes 
also when you when you go to the degree program and you scroll through the courses the courses are very uh, all-encompassing like there's a course about community organization and wellness that really draws me to that perspective because we're not only talking about financial management but we're talking about financial management and accountability in terms of a community and a community's wellness and wholeness I love that um, and and what I, I'm hearing you say, right, is that there are there are responsibilities as Northerners, um, as as Yukoners, to to really know and understand, and and recognizing that you know we have 11 uh, modern mm-hmm. treaties. Um, there's three nations who have chosen to pursue different paths, yeah. um, and and I've heard someone say this recently, um, and it's interesting because you hear it a lot in um, you know the treaties one to 11, but but we're all treaty people here in the Yukon too. Exactly. Right? To, to some degree. Like, we, we've got territorial, federal, First Nation governments um, that, that uh, of course, uh, are signatory to the modern treaty agreements. And I, I'm sure you've got a lot of ideas to share with us on that. Um, but if I could, Victoria, um, maybe just to, to get some final thoughts from you, what would you tell a student who's kind of thinking about it and who's undecided about, about taking this program um, turn it over to you. I would tell a student that most of this degree program is extremely intuitive and you probably have so much of the knowledge inside of you already and it's just waiting to be unlocked by a professor's essay prompt or a conversation in a class and those things are really powerful and to not ignore them. Um, I would say that taking this degree program is a pivotal step and you would be a member put forward into moving towards a larger future and path of reconciliation resurgence that hopefully our children and grandchildren are able to live in. Um, and I would say just go for it because it's three years and nobody finishes a degree and says, oh, I wish I didn't do that degree. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's only three years. And, and it's true, right? I, I, I would say, you know, the efforts um, and commitments to, to do it, just do it. Yeah. My, my grandma, um, too, said that um, to me often. Stop thinking about it, Kalani. Just do it. Exactly. Um, so, so thank you, Victoria. Um, if you're interested in, in connecting more with Victoria, she is, of course, on, on social media. Um, you can find her, uh, of course, probably um, spending time in the beautiful Trondek territory, um, but also um, with some bright young minds. So um, thank you so much, Victoria. And I look forward to, to connecting with you a bit more. Um, we are going to move into another song um, now, and uh, we'll come back with, uh, with our next special guest. So thank you again, Victoria. Thank you, Kalani. All right. Remember when I was new in town I always walked straight with my head down They didn't even try to figure me out Until you came around Everyone thought that I'd played ball Cause I was 13 and 6 feet tall Skipping out class and writing songs You were there to sing along We were kings Before we had a crown, yeah, we had dreams But damn, look at us now 
Even if we're so far away Remember those days like yesterday You're in all these memories I haven't seen you since 17 But you know that don't change a thing Cause you still mean everything Yeah, you still mean the world to me Remember when they beat me down again just for the color of my skin And when I thought I'd fall apart You were there to pick me up Yeah, we were kings Before we had a crown Yeah, we had dreams But damn, look at us now Even if we're so far away Remember those days like yesterday you're in all these memories Haven't seen you since 17 But you know that don't change a thing Cause you still mean everything Yeah, you still mean the world to me Not now, Yesterday, you're in all these memories I haven't seen you since 17 But you know that don't change a thing Cause you still mean the world to me All right. So, We Were Kings, Neon Dreams, um, another one of my new faves. Um, I love that song and, and have been nominated for, um, they've been nominated for a number of different awards. So check them out. Um, again, Neon Dreams uh, with uh, We Were Kings. So, we are so excited to have um, Cynthia James, um, a Dachlawedi, uh, Dachlasha, I should say, um, from, of course, uh, Karkaras Tagish First Nation. Um, many of you will know uh, her for her work, uh, of course, uh, with the uh, Jili Trust. I said it right. I'm learning. Um, up in the cash, right? Um, a uh, Northern Fellow um, and, of course, has done and committed so much of her life's work to education. Um, and so we do have, uh, of course, Cynthia James with us. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Um, you may also recognize her. Um, we talk a lot about leadership. We've talked a lot about leadership on this show um, and also um, a candidate for um, Hasha Duheen um, for Carcross Tagish. Uh, so today, you know, we've talked with the incredible students from the Indigenous Governance Program. Um, and uh, maybe just to start us off, um, Cynthia, what what was it that drew you to this program? Like, why, why did it stick out for you? What was important? So um, I was also a part of the First Nation Governance and Public Administration Certificate. And so when I was went through the 
Jane Glasgow Fellowship Program, um, I, the colleagues around me and the, the emerging leadership piece was um, so inspiring when I did go to uh, the gatherings and um, it kind of it pushed me to look at furthering education and within myself and I uh, leadership has always been important to me in education and so um, being a, a young mom and um, so it was one class at a time and I worked full-time and you know um, had to really build and be dedicated so getting to um, the first conversation, first conversations at the university about this program, I advised the program. Wow. Um, so I was able to be uh, step by step with, um, you know, the instructors and, um, yeah, we, we all worked together. And so the investment is the importance of, you know, young people being a part of their governance processes and, um, furthering their capacity in education. So... That was my, that was my, um, I guess, attraction to the program. I, I love that. And um, I, I want to acknowledge, um, you know, the, the being a parent and one class at a time. Like, um, h- how do you feel you were supported by, um, you know, both the program and, well, now, now UConn U, which I think we're all getting used to. Yeah. Um, how, how did that feel? Well, so... The, the, you know, I'm a third generation residential school survivor. And so, you know, it's, um, it's been a journey. And um, I'm also a third gener- fourth generation English speaker. And so, um, you know, colonial academia is something to navigate. But, you know, having the opportunity at UConn University to do that and to have the team's um, building approach has been... Um, you know, and being able to advise where if we were in a Southern university, perhaps it would be a lot, you know, more barriers to, um, but because there's this huge First Nation presence and governance here in the Yukon that we, um, we have that ability and we have that workability. So we love that. Um, and, and thank you for sharing a bit more about your family, you, Mm um, you know, I, uh, if if and maybe we could jump to that education piece um, because you, knowing you and, and the work that you've done contributing to the young minds of today and tomorrow, um, tell me a bit about the the school out in Atasahini. Um, what's a bit of the history there as it relates to your connection? Well, so going back to that residential school piece, I grew up at the site of the residential school, and it's interesting just to so my parents. Um, my stepdad, Harold Gattensby, and my mother, Colleen James, have really, um, you know, been, um, I guess, integral in setting up my the, the spirituality piece and that understanding and co- connecting to the land, connecting to, um, you know, be stewards of the land and actually living it. So when I grew up, we would, my parents would take us out on, on the land for two to three months at a time. So we didn't, we weren't around people, you know. We were around each other and we we sort of um we had gained the skills the traditional knowledge piece of skills cutting fish hunting you know all of those pieces so we have the traditional knowledge of being on the land we can survive on the land and that's um and being in a symbiotic relationship when you're out there with your family you really have these ingrained um you know value systems that kind of 
have guided me my whole life. And so, but also, you know, this going back to the spirituality piece and connecting, you know, the experience of residential school and my parents were very conscious of that our entire life. I grew up in a nomadic experience and, you know, abundance and poverty are different perspectives for me because of Mm -hmm. the connection to the land. And so um, I didn't learn about poverty until I went to school, but that's a colonial perspective, right? right? That you don't experience that with Mm -hmm. when you're on the land. It's very rich. You already are a part of it. And that's, that's kind of like, so the project that I did do, um, the capstone project was very much pulling, you know, uh, being the chair of the trust, the Denajili Cash Trust. I was pulling in these stories and trying to pull the principles of wealth and abundance that is connected to the land. And so um, I worked with my, my mom and I worked with Marge Bofeld and a bit with Mar- Mark Wedge. Um, and we really, uh, with my mom, it was interesting because we were, she, we were like, reading game mother and rabbit mother and pulling the principles of wealth and what wealth means to us as first nation people um and it really is the land and the water and the animals that are signify wealth for us so i i love that and um thanks for that important reminder right of the values is is what i hear you really sharing um in, in terms of that experience um and, and what I'm sensing is that through the program, those values were able to be part of what it is that you were doing. Yeah. I love that. Um, and I know we've got, you know, some um, incredible um, graduates, uh, of course, you being one of them. And I can remember way back, Cynthia, um, Cynthia and I used to work together on education, like, probably, like, what, like, 10 years ago? Yeah. Right? I was, that was my first job. When I had finished um, my degree, I, I came back and worked at CYFM. And so we got to do the education support worker and the CELC work together. And I can remember you being, like, one course at a time. Mm-hmm. This steadfast, mm-hmm. incredible strength of, I'm doing this. Yeah. And I'm going to do it as it works for me. And I'm, you know, on both sides of my family, I'm the first person to ever get a degree. So <sighs> congratulations. Thank you. Shout out, right, so from all our listeners. When, and, you know, I talk about clearing your grandmother's trail, and that's literally. So, um, yeah. That is so powerful. And mm-hmm. who would be so proud of you. Um, and we, we have someone who is really proud um, of all of you um, who has called in. Uh, and is ready to say some congratulations to you. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Welcome, my friend. Hi. Hi, Jody Wilson-Raybould. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Hi, Kuwani. Hi, Cindy. I don't know who else is on the line, but I'm happy to join in on Coffee with Kuwani. Thanks so much for phoning. And um, as you heard, so we've got, we had Cynthia and Victoria and Colson, valedictorian, first graduate in their families. Um, so want to turn it over to you for, Jody. some words of encouragement, support, congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you, Kwani, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to um, come on your um, radio show. I... I did catch some of the tail ends about um, um, from Cindy about um, her being the first to to get a degree, and um, I want to say to um, all of the graduates of the Indigenous Governance Program at, at UConn 
you congratulations on your um, accomplishments, um, your passion for being involved in your community or our communities. Um, it's incredibly important for our people to um, obviously get degrees and become educated, but most importantly, and I know this from my own personal experience, is ensuring that our Indigenous ways of being, our patterns of relationships, our traditional laws, customs, and um, lives are incorporated into um, what we do as community members, but also how um, the Yukon, how British Columbia, how Canada operates. I think that Canadians broadly have a lot to learn um, and governments have a lot to learn about our ancient ways of being and how we function and govern ourselves. So the work that you're doing is incredibly important and um, I just uh, am applauding you from afar and continue on with your work. And the most important thing that you can do is to, to work in your communities as we collectively rebuild our nations within a stronger Canada. So Gaila Kusla, thank you for all you do. Uh, Jody, thank you so much. Um, we've got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, in, in the room here, um, a lot of really good um, emotion happening and uh, reciprocity in terms of those feelings. Um, you know, Jody, you've spent, um, you know, your life uh, advancing this work of Indigenous governance. And so, um, you know, this was a question that, that we had asked uh, a number of the, uh, the graduates. If there are students who are thinking, you know, I don't, I don't know, uh, sh- should I, like, where am I at? I, I don't know if this is for me. Um, I don't know if this post-secondary step is for me. Um, but I'm really interested. What would you say to them? Oh, I say, um, I mean, I always think when I'm asked questions like this or if I'm talking to young people or not so young people that are, are thinking about going um, on and getting um, furthering their education, um, I think it's incredibly important um, to do. Um, if you have a passion or want to learn more about something, I say jump in, work incredibly hard, and pursue it with vigor. Um, I had... Uh, amazing advice as I think many of us do from my parents and in particular from my grandmother who has since passed on but um, I still live by what she told me and and the values that she instilled in me and she she said that um, everybody in our community has a role to play and we should support um, people in playing that role to always know who you are and where you come from and be proud of that and to use your skills and abilities such as they are to ultimately improve the quality of life for our people. And that's um, what has guided me in all the various roles that I've played. And I hope that's what um, guides decisions to go on to to post-secondary education or to work hard at at um, a particular job, um, it's important and you um, are um, and have an important role to play in our communities to make them function properly. So good luck and um, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it because you can. I love that. Thank, thank you so much, Puglas. Um, we here are so happy um, to have had you you join us, especially uh, as we talked earlier in the show about the roles of women, 
um, values, leading from that place of values, um, which we know you have always, always shown uh, and leading with integrity. So thank you so much for, for phoning in and for extending your congratulations to this first ever graduating class. Cynthia, did you have any reflections you wanted to share? Oh, just, you know, thank you for calling in and uh, and very, I was very surprised to, to hear your voice and to hear Kawani announce your name. So, Gunashish. Oh, oh, thank you, Kawani, for all your hard work. And Cynthia, best of luck. And for everybody that's listening, know that uh, I, not only I will be cheering you on, but um, um, all of us will be cheering you on as you, uh, you take charge and move forward in your lives. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, again, you know, Cynthia, thank you so much for phoning in. Um, Jody. so for those of, of you, um, well wishes, congratulations, um, powerful words of reflection shared with us uh, this morning from uh, Puglas, uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould. Uh, and uh, as we wrap up our time together this morning, um, you know, our, our last speaker, Cynthia, um, incredible legacy of resilience, um, you know, from your family, who you are, uh, and of course, the leadership that you bring. Um, so thank you. Um, as we as we move to uh, wrap up our time together today, um, I wanted to to close us off um, with a, a song that reflects us moving into um, the rest of our week. Um, so as we know, um, you know the the Wednesday is coming very soon, um, and that there will be red dresses that will be hung um, in in windows right across the Yukon and beyond um, to acknowledge uh, and honor um, those uh, those women whose lives have been taken those indigenous women and young girls uh, and so our, our last song for today uh, will be of course um, uh, remember me by fawn wood uh, and so we're really uh, of course looking forward to future conversations coffee with kluani uh, and uh, of course look forward to hearing from our, our guests as they move on uh, in their past and of course uh, our supporters uh, like Jody Wilson-Raybould um, and, and so many of you who are listening. So thanks for joining for in, our, in our first show uh, and uh, we'll be hanging a red dress and uh, acknowledging uh, all those women um, whose lives have been taken far too soon. Um, the last thing I'll share is you can still get your name in to win the Kluwani Sunrise coffee from Bean North. Thank you to Bean North. Um, really appreciate um, you uh, you donating this great prize at 668-6629. You don't have to talk to the radio when you phone. <laughs> I think some people are like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to talk. That's totally fine. All you got to do is give us your name and uh, that'll be uh, your way to be entered. But um, ending us on a uh, on an important note and thank you so much to all of those uh, those of you who are joining to talk about building connections okay um, with that wishing you uh, health and uh, uh, good health uh, for the rest of uh, of this week and beyond and we look forward to our next show next month first Monday 9 to 10 a.m coffee with Kluani thank you so much